You're listening to the PKJ and Yahweh podcast, where I take the supernatural world around us, connect it to complicated biblical theology, and then try and make it simple for everyone to gain revelation. If you're new to this podcast and would like more information, please go follow me on Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. And now time for another episode from our apologetic series. So uh, let's have fun. We're going to jump into the Word of God. And if you have a Bible, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. If you don't have a Bible, we have a whole bunch up to the, uh, at your right of the, of the platform up here. And it been, I got a couple up here. If you want one, it, it will be helpful and beneficial to you. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20 is what we're going to be focusing on. Matthew 28. You're there, tell me amen. 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 All right. Continuing on this theme of baptism. Everyone say baptism. baptism. All right, so I want to make sure we're all here. We're continuing on the theme of baptism and what God's been doing uh, in our community. We talked a little bit about science and uh, in the Bible, which was fun because, you know, not so Libre, for those of you that don't know, like the science and baptism element. Like, I don't believe in science, you know, right? Certainly I'm not been baptized. So with that concept, we want to continue on this vein of baptism because baptism is incredibly important. It's, 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 it's very important. I'm excited, actually, to hear um, later uh, your guys' feedback from our guests that will be coming next week. Next week we'll be having guests, uh, James Lemley, sharing on baptism. He was just talking with me before service. Uh, upstairs in my office, and he's just really, really got a special word for you guys uh, for next week. So make sure, like, if you have any friends that, like, have ever thought about, maybe you thought about inviting them, and maybe you thought about, like, it might be a good time, or maybe, like, you've got that friend that kind of comes down, then, like, it's going to be significant next week. And I want you to come prepared, young people, next week, if you have not been baptized, to really open your ears to receive what's being said, that tonight as well. But next week, we're going, as we break into small groups, we're going to encourage you to make that decision uh, by writing on a little card, giving us your information, so then the following week on Cinco de Mayo, we will have a baptism celebration here at sunrise. We will have some worship here and a taco party, and we will be going over to the main sanctuary where we will have an opportunity to baptize all of those who have not followed the Lord yet through water baptism upon your confession of Jesus Christ as Lord. And we're going to have a team of uh, people to minister to you, to prophesy over you, to declare God's word over you uh, as, as you go into the water and come out of the water, as well as uh, encourage one another and celebrate with each other and the church body. So we really want you to be ready. Because this is significant. It's so big. It's so such an integral part of our relationship and our walk with Jesus. So we're going to jump into it tonight. Everyone say, baptism in action. Baptism in action. There we go. Um, baptism, I got too much stuff up on here. I got to like throw this flower somewhere. Okay, there we go. Too many things up here. Pastor Kevin had just got done remodeling his office, and all of this stuff had Taylor helping, and a whole bunch of other guys helping. It was great. And so now I just, I'm, I'm just trying to not carry everything in my pockets and make it a mess. So baptism. Baptism, it, 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 there's a couple steps of importance of baptism. Baptism is an action. Okay? Baptism is an action of obedience. Everyone say obedience. obedience. It's an act of obedience. When we look at Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, 
let's hop in here. We see Jesus giving the uh, giving his his command to his disciples in his farewell speech. Verse eighteen here goes on to say, "Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, the very end of the age. Let's bow our heads and let's bless God's word tonight. God's word tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your wisdom and I thank you for your revelation tonight. Holy Spirit, we invite you tonight. Speak to us, God. Right now, I just I ask that you would still our minds. For those anxious thoughts that we have, for those obstacles we've been facing, even for just dumb stuff that we're having to deal with and, and we're really just feeling hurt or irritated or frustrated or, or whatever, God, I ask that you would give us peace. God, I ask that you would remove the offense in our mind, whether it's someone who's mean to us on a video game or our mom's made us do the dishes and it's not our dish day. God, whatever whatever offense that we're carrying tonight, God, I ask that you'd remove it because your word tells us that, that, that offense are like bars of iron. They're like bars of iron and like it keeps the, even the wind from reaching us. That Holy Spirit can't move upon us as we carry offense. So God, let us lay down our offense because we want to pick up your word, we want to apply it to our life, and we want to experience what it is you have for us tonight. And I do not want myself or anyone to miss out on what God has for us this evening by your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right, so here we have Jesus on his farewell speech. All right, he has died, he has now raised to life, and he has walked among his, his uh, disciples and other people for a period of time, and he is ascending, literally like angels, like it's, it must have been the craziest thing to just watch Jesus, just like they said they just watched as he ascended in the sky until, until they couldn't see him anymore. Like, they just like, have you ever watched a balloon flight, like you, the sad story, your balloon, like, just, it, it, and you just... Funny story, my, my sister was little. We were Disneyland nuts. Anybody Disney nuts in here? Anybody? Anybody like Disney? Yeah. All right, all right, that's fine. If you don't, I still uh, accept you for who you are. Uh, but anyway, with that, we love Disney, and we were in Disneyland, and my I was probably like three or something. My sister was like, I don't know, that made her like six or seven. Uh, and she had one of those really expensive like Disney balloons. Like, if you're a parent and you go to Disneyland, like, $15 for a balloon is unacceptable, okay? Like, I'm just going to let you know. Like, that's, that's, there's nowhere that that's acceptable except for the happiest place on earth, okay? Uh, and even then, it's a little bit. And, and she, you know, somehow let go of that balloon. And, and because she's so little, I mean, she might not have been seven, might have been four. I might have been the baby. I don't know. It was, I wasn't there. I, I've been told this story. And the balloon goes up, and my sister looks up at my dad, who's much taller, you know, because, like, that small get it. Go get it, Daddy. Like, <laughs> the balloon is gone. The balloon is above, okay, like Matterhorn Mountain, all right? Like, if you were, the Yeti can't reach it, okay? But, like, because she just has this confidence, like, Dad, you can reach it. Like, you're big and strong. Just, like, jump. Grab it. I would jump on this platform, but I probably would go through, okay? Like, so I don't need that demonstration. But with that, 
It's this concept of like, man, like you can do it, you can reach it, you can grab it, right? And so having that that confidence uh, in in <clears throat> excuse me in her dad that like, man, you can you can reach it, right? Can't you? Right? So exciting. But we look here into God's word, and um, we're supposed to, as Jesus is like ascending into heaven, he's just disappearing because like we can't reach it. Like he's gone, he's going, he's disappearing into the clouds, he's gone. So cool. Jesus has his last statement, and he commands us to go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them everything, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Like, I feel like this would be the most important piece of what Jesus communicated to his disciples. Because, like, he's now done it all, and he's saying, now go. So I think it's pretty important for us to take note that it says that we're supposed to be baptizing. Because baptism is an action of obedience. As we see, Jesus said, go, make disciples, baptizing. Now, how many of y'all have had, like, that friend that says, oh, man, I got your back. Like, like I got your back, no problem. But then when it actually comes down to it, they kind of, like... They flake out like they're, they're they actually don't support you. They're actually just kind of like they just like to talk. You know, they, they, they know the talk, but they don't got the walk. Right. I mean, like maybe you do have better friends than I do. But, you know, I've got some good, pretty good friends. But for real, when people are all talk, but no action, it's kind of defeating. Right. Like when your mom says, yeah, I'm going to make dinner at five and it's like seven o'clock and you're still hungry and no one's thought about dinner. Like all talk, no action. Right. Like it's kind of sad. Like get up and make some kid, some some dinner for your mom, would you? All right. So but with that said, we see that it's an action of identification. If we don't take that step that we've now confessed Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Man, I've come to, I told, yes, Jesus, you're, you're mine. I follow you. I love you all my days. I, you are my Lord. All right, well, you know, the next step uh, in that process, according to the word, is like, boom, Jesus says, let's get baptized. Yeah, I'll get to that someday, you know. All right, cool. Uh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, we got baptisms next month. Like, you know, you can join us then. Yeah, maybe, you know, I, I don't know if my grandma can make it that time. So we'll, we'll watch the calendar. Okay, okay. All right, all right. And, and next thing you know, like, like, for some people, like, decades go by. You know, years, months, years, five years, ten years, twenty years. You're like, yeah, man, I've been following Jesus my whole life. But, like, like you, they've never partnered with baptism. You see, baptism is an action of identification. When you look at John the baptizer, okay, John the Baptist, amazing guy, powerful guy. He came and he was baptizing people uh, in water for the remission of sins. And he had a three-message, three-point message. Everyone say three points. Three points. Three points. I didn't hear anybody over here. Three points. points. Thank you. I was just going deaf over there. So anyway, three-point message. It was repent. Everyone say repent. Repent. Turn to God. Turn to God. Get baptized. baptized. Repent. Repent. Turn to God. God. Get Get baptized. So for you that don't understand, repent literally just means turn away from. So he's telling them, turn away from. And they're like, turn away from what to who? To God. Oh, okay. I, I can, to Yahweh. Okay, I'll turn away from the things I've been doing my life, and I will turn to God and, and now be baptized. Now, the cool thing about this word baptism is, is it's got this like fancy understanding of baptismo. It literally just means to like to dunk, to wash. Like, to completely submerge underwater. So people are down at the river, and they're washing their clothes, and they're, they're washing themselves, and they're doing their thing, right? Like, and, and, and they're, they're like, you know, hey, you know, I was thinking about going down the river to get, uh, you know, for some baptismo today. How about you? Like, they were planning, like, people had this in their everyday speech, 
to go and be baptized, to be washed, to wash themselves, to wash their clothes. It became a spiritual significance when John the baptizer came along and said, hey, we need to not just be baptized to wash our bodies. It's not just about an action to clean ourselves. It's not about what we're being, uh, it's, not washing, uh, it's not washing something, or, but it's being washed of something. It's a matter of not just washing something off us, but allowing something to be washed from us. It's about the sin removal. It's about what we've done and the wrong things that we've done. You see, not everyone that heard understood. Not everyone that heard his message understood. So you see, some people received revelation. Re revelation simply means revealed truth. And as they were doing their laundry and they were listening and John the baptizer, there's in water and like a commonplace and like people are getting baptized into water for the remission of sins or turning away from their, they're like, man, like, what? I don't, I don't, what's happening over there? I'm just taking a shower over here. Like, what's going on? And it was when God then breathed upon the revelation of his truth that we must be baptized and washed of our sinful life, not just washed of our dirt but that we need to be made clean, made whole. You see, and now Jesus came along and said, I must be baptized by you. Everyone look at Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, we're going to go there, I'll read it. Boom. Matthew, when you're there, say amen. Matthew chapter 3. There we go. Someone's got fast fingers. Wow. Boom. Amen. There we go. Matthew chapter 3. There we go. All right. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17, we take a look and it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And, and as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, ha uh, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I'm going to read verse 15 again. Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. You see, baptism isn't just a washing. Baptism isn't just a dunking. Baptism isn't just an act of outward expression to a community of believers that I'm now a follower of Jesus. Baptism is an identifying mark. It is expressing that it doesn't matter if the people that see me doing this hate me or love me. I'm not doing this because for acceptance of others. I'm doing this because I'm accepted by God. And I'm receiving what he's already accomplished for me. You see, Jesus came. And, and, the, and the truth here is no one can be baptized for you. Just like no one can be buried for you. You see this ring? Everyone say, ooh. Wow, you're really fascinated, not at, not at how much it costs because it wasn't that much, but you're fascinated that I haven't lost this in almost 16 years. Praise God. Yes, I, there was a one time it was close. Yeah, okay, but anyways, this ring right here symbolizes my relationship, my covenant relationship with my bride, with my wife, going on 16 years as of this August. And with that, with that, whether I have this ring on or it fell off my finger and I'm spending a few days looking for it, literally two months looking for it 
and it was in my uh, fake flocked Christmas tree that I didn't find until I was taking it down and putting it back in the garage. And yes, that happened just this last year. Literally lost my wedding ring for like, I don't know, maybe it was like four months. And yes, I had my Christmas tree up for four months. Don't at me about that, okay? Like, I did. You know, that's why I have a fake one, so I can enjoy it. And, but even whether I had the ring on my finger or not, it still symbolized I still had to act differently. I still had to live differently. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I put that ring on, but now I lost it, so hey, ladies, what's up? Like, no, that's, that's wickedness. That's foolishness. I live differently because of this symbol and the commission uh, and, and the uh, commandment that God's given me to be in unity with my bride and to be of one wife. That's it, period. And so whether I wear it or not, I have to act a certain way. It's, not, it's, it's an action of identification, but I am marked permanently by God, identifying with God and his washing of my sin. Now, Jesus, he's our model. The Bible tells us that we get baptized as a washing away of our sin. So why did Jesus get baptized? Did he sin? Jesus didn't sin. He never sinned. That's the whole point. Why he was able to be the perfect sacrifice for us to pay the penalty of sin and death because he never sinned. So Jesus was baptized. So did Jesus just like doing things for no reason, having no purpose? No. He said, it is fitting. Did you hear that? Let it be so. It is proper. It is fitting for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. You see, we have to follow this because either Jesus is our model or he's not. Either we're aspiring to be like Christ or we're not. Jesus, of all of us, is the only one that has the rightful position to not have to be baptized because baptism is in context with the remission of sins. So Jesus didn't need it. But he did it because he said, I won't ask my children to do anything that I'm not willing to do. I will not make my children walk through anything that I will not first go through for them. You see, and Jesus models for us that it is required. The New Living Translation says that to fulfill all that God requires. Man, God requires to be baptized? That's what the Word says. Jesus, Jesus identifies as a sinner in need of forgiveness, of need of baptism. 2 Corinthians 3.21, it says, He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. You see, going on is an act of definition. When we walk through the waters of baptism, we witness with Christ, who put on sin and death for us, that we could put on Christ. That we could come up out of those waters and symbolize putting on what Christ did for you and for me. You see, Acts 16, he's talking with the, you got, uh, they're walking, I was talking about the last week, and they're walking on the road to Emmaus, and the Ethiopian unit comes along, and here's the word of God. He says, I need to be baptized. Like, oh, this is salvation in Christ, well, and, and what the word means? Then I must, according to this, immediately be baptized. And he pursues how to make that happen, and they get baptized. It's amazing. It's cool. And another cool miracle follows that. You see, it's an action of renewal. Everyone say renewal. renewal. Romans 6, 1 through 4. We identify, it says that we identify with Christ in his death by the going under the water and his resurrection and power by coming up back to life as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3.27, it says, All are united with Christ in baptism. 
The word of my, my Bible says, and I don't have some weird translation, okay? This isn't the passion or whatever. That would, anyway, it, I don't have some weird translation. I have God's word, and it says right there, Galatians 3.27, all are united with Christ in baptism. Wow, baptism seems really important. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that we literally put on Christ. Christ put on death so we could put on him and receive his forgiveness, his freedom. I don't know if you guys noticed today, but I'm, I'm, wearing, a, I'm wearing some Express jeans that I just picked up. Wow. Yes, I know. I think it's my first pair of Express jeans. Very I think great. I could have... You know, they don't make shorter legs, so they're just baggy. But like, And I, I got like... This is my first... I'm guilty. This is like the most expensive t-shirt I've ever bought in my entire life, and I feel ashamed. It looks good. Thank you, and that's why I bought it. But ultimately, I'm like, man, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not used to putting 60 bucks down for a t-shirt. That's ridiculous. Like, I like the t-shirt pack of three shirts that I have underneath this shirt, the black one, that gives me three shirts for 10 bucks. But, but the, you see, like, I, I, I do like how it feels. I do like how, it, how, it, how I feel like I look at in it. I, I, the material feels nice. I think the color's nice, and it's definitely nicer than all the colors I found at Old Navy, though I found some good ones, and I got some closer there, too. But what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that when we, we're excited about that back-to-school shopping, right? Like, Ooh, now we're like, back to school. I'm going to log in on my laptop in my bedroom. Ooh, too soon? Okay, so, but no, literally, like, we're all excited about the back to school. I'm going to get this cool new backpack. How many of y'all were that kid that did the back to school shopping? You And then you, like, a dummy were like, I'm just going to wear my clothes one time before school's, like, just, just, I'm gonna, just one time to, like, just let my friends see it. And, like, the one day you wear it before school starts, you totally, like, just, like, bomb ketchup all over it or something stupid like that. Like, that was me. I was that kid, and my mom's like, well, yes, you get to wear that your first day. It's was, it was embarrassing. But you see, we get excited to put on the new things, and especially when, it, when we feel good, we look good, we, it makes us feel confident. I mean, how much more, young people, when we have the opportunity through Christ's death and resurrection and walking through the waters of baptism to put on Christ? To put him on. I mean, like, these pants fit pretty good, okay? This shirt fits pretty good. But, I mean, nothing fits like the robe of Jesus placed on my shoulders. Something I could never buy. This is a $60 t-shirt. I could kind of buy maybe one or two of them. But that's about it, okay? Like, like I'm tapped. I'm going to go back to Old Navy for the rest of it. But what I'm telling you, young people, is that we can't afford the robe that Christ purchased for us through his death and his resurrection. We cannot afford the clothes of righteousness. There's not a single person. In fact, all a collection of humanity together could not purchase the robe of Christ through his blood, his death, and his resurrection power for you to walk in. And now we're like, oh man, that's so cool. Like, I, but... Will you take it? It's for you. If you partner with him, he wants to clothe you in righteousness. He wants to clothe you and clothe you in confidence. He wants to clothe you in forgiveness. He wants to clothe you in perfection and beauty. Not he wants to take get you beauty for your ashes. Here we're walking a world where we're sad, we're depressed, we're lonely, we're isolated. Guess what? Even Jesus, when he was alone in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights fasting, not a moment was spent lonely. Not a moment was spent feeling isolated and cut off from people. Not a moment was spent saying, so tired of these Zoom meetings. Just wish I saw another person. He 
was secure in himself. You see, for eternity before even the first angel into existence, I'm not talking about humans, I'm talking about the first angel that came into existence for eternity past. Guess what? God wasn't lonely. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't insecure. It wasn't that he was bored that he decided to create humanity. It wasn't that he needed something. How many of us need something? I should hope everyone's hand should go up. It's actually, you should get counseling if you, don't, if you can't acknowledge your needs. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, like, if you can't acknowledge and express and identify your needs... Get help sooner than later, okay? Because that's not a healthy uh, road to be on. But we need, we need Jesus. We need each other. I need my wife. Amen? Come on, you can't get it. Amen? Come on, yes. My wife needs me. I probably need her more than, than she needs me. She can probably do it without me just fine. But what I'm saying is we need one another. And we need, most of all, Christ to put him on. Because guess what? People will let you down. Guess what? You will let you down. Guess what? Tony, your puppy's going to poop on the carpet again. He's going to let you down. He's going to let you down, Tony. Tony, he's going to pee right on your bed. I'm sorry, but he still loves you. But that dog going to let you down. That my dog let me down this morning. I woke up at 6.30 a.m., <laughs> to go into Phoebe's room for this little puppy who's learning to go to the bathroom at the right time. And if I'm quiet enough, I can get him in the room. He'll still be asleep on the bed. I'll scoop him up. I'll carry him outside. And I will place him outside. And he will pee. If he walks to the outside by himself in the morning, he pees wherever his feet touch the carpet instantaneously. It's just he's been holding it too long. And at 6.30 in the morning, I'm just looks at me from the corner of the room, squatting, peeing, literally as I, like, he jumped down 10 seconds before I opened the door to go pee in the corner of Phoebe's room. My dog, who I love so much, will let me down. These pants aren't going to last me forever. This shirt, hopefully I don't get fat again and it'll, it'll keep fitting, but it, it, it won't last forever. The robes of righteousness that will never wear out. They will never tatter. They will never fade. They're even better than the robes and the garments and the shoes that the Israelites wore walking for 40 years in the wilderness. And it says their tents, their shoes, their clothes never wore out. Could you imagine wearing the same shoes for 40 years? No blisters. Could you imagine how much more putting on Christ can you be secure? Can you be confident? Can you feel good? Because you're like, ooh, that aqua de gio. I smell good. And I'm carrying the scent of Jesus. I got so much more confidence because aqua de gio fades, but the scent of Jesus never goes away. Come on, can I get an amen? Jesus has come so you can put him on and walk in boldness and confidence 
full of Christ, covered in Christ. People say covered in the blood. Yes, it is true. But that means that we have put on Jesus. We're not walking around like Vikings ripping out throats, okay? Except for the throat of the devil. We're not covered in blood like a massacre. We're covered in the forgiveness and the mercy and the, oh, gosh, you guys, I don't know if you get it. I don't think I can, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can hype it up, Jesus. It's impossible. I can't. But I want to encourage you to seek God this week. Talk about it in your small groups. Be prepared next week. I'm going to be in Disney World getting baptized by uh, Splash Mountain and Sweat. So I want to encourage you young people. If you haven't been baptized, you follow Jesus or you want to follow Jesus. This is a transformational identifying mark where you are changed. You're no longer a man or a woman of, your, of, of just words and no deeds. What good is a relationship where you tell your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, yeah, I love you, 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 If there's no action behind it, it's empty. Eventually, you can ask anybody that's married in here, if you don't date your wife, you don't express your love in an action, at least from time to time, it's not going to go so well for that relationship. You need to pursue Christ. Put him on. Take action. Apply beyond just your words. I love you. Well, honey, I told you I love you when I say I do, and if it, anything changes, I'll let you know. That's not enough, all right? That's not enough. Let's stand up. Let's get in small groups. Let's pray. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that you bless this time together in our small groups and discussion as we just dive a little deeper. Lord, forgive me uh, for anywhere, Lord God, that maybe I just wasted time and words, God. That, but I ask that if all seeds sown into the hearts of these young people and that your spirit would, would drive deep into the, the soil of their heart and the words that need to be uh, need, need to grow and need to germinate and need to spring to life so that way they can be prepared, oh God, to hear the word next week. James, and to be prepared to be baptized, God, to follow you in obedience. Bless you in your mighty name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information about the show, Kevin's work, or you have questions or would like to be a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me directly on my Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.